Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Oscar Isaac on Triple Frontier, Star Wars, X-Men, and Dune. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, so thrilled to bring you first-time guest on Happy, Sad, Confused today, Mr. Oscar Isaac. Oscar has been on the must-get list for quite a while. I frankly thought it would happen sooner because he's a New Yorker, so you, you figure he's around. I've done a bunch with him on camera. He's a chill guy. Um, but part of the problem is he's so freaking busy lately, the last few years, He's actually not been in town much, um, but finally the stars aligned. We found some time. He came by, and we chatted about. I mean, you just heard me, you know, tease it all about four of my favorite different things. What did I say? Star Wars, X Men, Dune. <laughs> These are like all the good things in the universe. Uh, he's a part of them all. He's just do. He's killing it. Oscar Isaac, uh, one of my favorite actors working today is the guest on today's Happy, Sad, Confused. I should say, uh, um, frequent uh, podcast regular Sammy, you know her and love her from the intro. She hasn't been on in a, in a while. Just our, our schedules have not aligned for a while. We're working in different places. It's just, it's just craziness. Uh, she wanted to convey to the Happy, Sad, uh, Confused listenership how devastated she is not to be here for this one because as I was walking over here to do the intro today, I let her know that Oscar was the guest and she ba basically had a full-on breakdown because unbeknownst to me, she, like many of you, is in a full-on Oscar Isaac obsessive state. Uh, and I get it. He's charming. He's talented. He sings. He's got it all. He's got a good beard. I mean, come on. What more can you ask for in, in a human being than Oscar Isaac? Um, so, sorry, Sammy, that you weren't in his presence. Um, and hopefully the next 45 minutes of conversation will soften the blow of not being around him. Uh, but this was a, a fantastic conversation. So his new film, for those that don't know, is this uh, really strong ensemble piece called Triple Frontier. It's from J.C. Chandor, who did um, uh, Margin Call, All Is Lost, and A Most Violent Year, which was his previous collaboration with Oscar. A really underrated movie, by the way. Maybe not underrated, just a little scene. It got great reviews, but just it, it, it didn't get the box office it deserved. Uh, check that one out. This one stars Oscar, Pedro Pascal, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, and Garrett Hedlund. Uh, there's a fair amount of testosterone for you, right? Um, it's a, it's it's a, it's an intense. Um, kind of a, a thriller action movie about uh, five guys, all kind of uh, friends, colleagues through the years who are kind of chewed up and spit out by the system. They're, they've all worked in the military and they kind of agree to take down a drug kingpin to basically get some money in their lives and change their lives and it all goes to hell. That's not a spoiler. You can guess where it goes, but you actually can't guess all the twists and turns this one takes. It's, um, it's a, a really compelling film and I highly recommend it and it's on Netflix. So it's in your home. It's on your TV. It is waiting for you right now. Uh, check it out. Triple frontier. Um, but as I said, we cover a lot of ground in this conversation. Oscar, um, you know, for a little background, was born in Guatemala, raised in Miami, uh, came through New York uh, to the infamous Juilliard School, like the, maybe the most prestigious acting uh, school in the States. Um, got to know our, our, our uh, 
another one of my favorites, Jessica Chastain here, uh, did a lot of theater and then, you know, did a bunch of cool films and then exploded thanks to being cast in the lead in Inside Lewin Davis, that classic Coen Brothers movie. And since then, so many huge opportunities for him. Of course, he stars in the, the Star Wars films as Poe Dameron. Yes, we talk about Episode Nine a bit in this. He starred as Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. We talk a lot about that and why that role was so meaningful for him and why it was also kind of took a toll on him. <laughs> um, and we talk about his upcoming uh, stint with Denis Villeneuve in a film I've talked a lot about a lot on this podcast uh, his upcoming uh, reimagining, reinterpretation of Dune. And I could not be more excited about that one. That's, of course, Timothy Chalamet and Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem and Rebecca Ferguson and Oscar Isaac. So, uh, yes, we tease a little bit about what's to come in Dune. So, oh, and I should mention, I know a lot of people got really excited about Oscar talking about Metal Gear Solid. We talk quite a bit, a fair bit about that in this conversation too. So um, something for everyone in this chat. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, spread the good word. There is a lot of good things afoot. A lot of good things happening on the podcast and in my MTV and uh, Comedy Central shenanigans. Um, just did a, a really cool, extensive sit-down interview for MTV with Jordan Peele, the director of Us and Get Out. That's going to be uh, online very soon. Um, I will, of course, send that out on my social media, Joshua Horowitz. Um, yeah, some really cool stuff. And, and some, some events out of town coming up. There's Star Wars Celebration around the corner. There's CinemaCon, which is always a lot of fun in Las Vegas. Um, so yeah, they're keeping me busy here, but all in a good way and all hopefully for your amusement and enjoyment. Um, so that's about it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Oscar Isaac. Here it is. Mr. Oscar Isaac has invaded my space. Welcome, sir. Hello. It's good to see you, man. Thanks, man. Good to see you, too. It's been too long. I was feeling slighted because you are a local and you do work a lot, but I guess that's the problem. You're working a lot. Like, yes. you probably actually aren't here that much anymore. I'm not. I mean, this is the, this is the first time I've been here for this long. Yeah. yeah. I've been home for, so yeah, since January. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you're living an actual human Yeah, like life. a real human human man. How's <laughs> <laughs> that turning you? Do you need to go out and do work? Or you're like, I'm not equipped to be a human man. I need to just no, be on a set. No, it's been fantastic. It's been great. Yeah, it's been really great. And I, you know, taking a lot of the year off, I'll be traveling to Iraq as soon. <laughs> but until then, I just get to be home. We were just geeking out before uh, the mic started about um, Dune, which um, I couldn't be more excited about. You see the poster I have in here. It, it made an impact on me as a kid. Um, well, we'll get to that in a bit. There's a lot to talk about. Um, Triple Frontier, it's a new film. I really enjoyed this one. I'm a big fan of J.C. Chandor, who obviously you've worked with before on the, the brilliant yet not I think probably not enough people ever saw it. The most violent year. Yeah. Go back and check it out. It's mm -hmm. probably on Netflix too. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so okay. So let's start, let's start with Triple Frontier. Um, this is a hell of a cast. This is one of those scripts that's been like around. Like I remember following this one. Like every actor worth his salt wanted in on this one. Um, when you finally read the script for this, and I beat them all. I was gonna, well, that, that's, that's how it works. It's a fight club of actors. Yeah, you not just exactly. I was, I was like eighth string. I that's was like, I was deep on. No, it's actually totally true. I was deep, <laughs> deep on the bench on this one. But when you when you did get your hands on the script, where you're like, oh, I get it. I get why like so many actors have wanted to get be a part of this one. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, yeah, there's something that feels 
throwback about it. You know, they don't really make movies like this that often anymore. Uh, and the scale of it, uh, the fact that it it was this it is this action movie, but it's a character driven piece, yeah. and that JC uh, was doing it, and he's got very good taste, particularly in the editing room. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I think I, it makes sense why people were really interested in, in, in diving into it. And it really deals with the special forces, I think, in a, in a very uh, understated but truthful way. Yeah. And you know, I don't think you see a lot of movies that deal, you know, with just like the actual... Because the real guys... What happens to these guys yeah. like, who are kind of used up and then spit out? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and, and done, you know, it explores that in, a, I think... Uh, in a non-cliched kind of yeah. way, because that's how these guys were. I mean, it was really interesting because I have all my adolescent ideas of sure. before coming into it about what these guys were like, and then actually meeting them. They were soft-spoken mm-hmm. and incredibly humble. And uh, I mean, this one guy, R.J. Casey, was an incredible dude, and still working down in South America. Still not sure exactly who he works for, or what he does. Right. But uh, you know, he he looks like just like a surfer dude. He was like about my height, small build. Uh, really soft-spoken, and the guy is like one of the most lethal people on the planet. Right. And so it's just amazing. Like these people blend, and and I remember him saying, like the guys that are all like jacked up, those are guys that actually have the time to go to the gym. The real do- people that are out in the field, you know, they don't necessarily yeah. look like you know these kind of like uh, muscle fitness models. Right. This this might be the most testosterone-heavy film since uh, going back to our mutual youths, uh, Predator. I think I always think of Predator when I think of like the like because I always hear I don't know do you, have dudes you heard in the jungle. Well, also yeah. those famous stories like I don't know if you've heard them like the, of like um, of Arnold and Carl Weathers like at the gym like flexing and trying to like outlift each other. I want to imagine that right. it was the, right, the case right. for this one, but probably not. Um, no, I've, I there was there, I have videos of Garrett and uh, and Pedro singing Moana. <laughs> so different uh, in the gym, at least, or no? Just it, 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 while holding assault rifles. <laughs> oh God! Uh, there's quite a bit of that. Mind fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> who is most at peace being shirtless all the time? Who wanted to? Who wanted to just show off a little bit? Well, uh, that it's a toss up between Garrett and Charlie. Those guys. Yeah, they put in the like time. A, like a bit of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> like a bit of sunshine touching their flesh. <laughs> was there a, what was the initial moment when you saw the Phoenix tattoo on the back of Ben Affleck? Uh, was it a hushed like reverence sunset? Like, oh my God. No, it was a, it was this really funny thing that we all had to go. Uh, we all had to basically go do a swim class because they needed to make sure that we wouldn't drown if we you just like floaties. touched the yeah, water. Yeah. Basically we all had floaties on. <laughs> And they're like, uh, they kind of put it like it was training, but it was really just like, go jump in the ocean and just prove that you won't die. Right. Uh, and and so that was that was what we did. So yeah, that's when you know we all kind of those, I guess the paparazzi. Know, yeah, shots they came somebody on the team tipped them, I think. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was an impressive thing to behold. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any tattoos of yourself by now on other people's bodies? I did. I, someone sent me a picture of a Poe Dameron tattoo. Be. Yeah. There must yeah, be. Yeah. It was, it was impressive. That's, I mean, that's half the reason to do Star Wars. Yeah. Is to know that you've defaced someone's body for all eternity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you've been a part of a really horrible choice of somebody else. No. <laughs> I will live for maybe about 20 years, maybe about 10 years until it starts to melt and look uh, right. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> So we're talking about like how like the script like pops off the page and like is is like kind of a no brainer. What percentage of scripts that you get like are actually really this good? Like what's 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 the batting average of the stuff that you see? 
Well, it's 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 a tough thing because it's like what, yeah, like w- w- sometimes what reads really great isn't necessarily what's going to make a great movie either. Sure. You know, I think uh, uh, it was Willem Dafoe actually who I was talking to, and he you know, asked him like, "How do you choose stuff? Because it's going to be so difficult, and you can read something that's great, you know, that's really great, but then maybe if the director isn't really proven, like, what do you do? Do you yeah. side with the director? Do you, and he's like, I, he's like, for him, it's really just like, does it have the space? Not even the character or the dialogue or any of that, but like, does it have the space to create, to really explore something and create something and right. have the, the situation that allows for Creativity uh, some, yeah, something strange and special to mm-hmm. occur, uh, as opposed to just like, you know, these guys say really cool things and yeah. then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Those are all really exciting things, you know? Yeah. So, and that's, that's really coming from a performer, uh, as opposed to uh, obviously well, a director. Yeah, you're not a trained monkey that just wants to like go out there and just do the lines. Like, yeah. You know, but sure. But also you know, like, whereas a director clearly has to have a bit more of a, a sense of, I think of the whole scope of the yes. thing and the whole tone. And, and, uh, it's difficult for me cause I kind of came from a place originally where I thought I was going to be, uh, or, you know, it's still possible, but I was interested in directing. And so, I do tend to kind of see things in a in the bigger picture, and it's yep. it takes some unlearning to be able to be like I don't know what's happening. I'm just here, and you know, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Well, luckily yeah. you're also putting your hands, uh, your, your 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 fate in the hands. Like if you look at the, the filmmakers you, in particular, the last five or six years have been able to work with, it's like if you're gonna if there is some space in the margins, trust the filmmakers you're with, yeah. to help fill those in. Yeah, for sure. And with JC, you know, it's like the, the script was th- this one for Triple Frontier. It, it you know, no brainer to a certain extent because there was interesting things, but also it was very challenging because you know there is not a ton of dialogue or uh, or or backstory yeah. that you get to see about these guys. So there was a there was a an element of of like, well, how do you show who these people? How do you not make them anonymous? Like sure. that didn't necessarily just jump out of the page. And so a lot of that is trusting JC and particularly trusting him in the edit. Yes, uh, and I think that's where he's just he really shines a lot, which is like. You know, you can feel, you can trust that you can try a bunch of stuff and things can, might, it might, might not go great when you're shooting during yeah. production. You know, there was definitely a lot of like wrestling with ideas and, and things, but in the edit, he sticks with it and he stays at right. it and he, you know, he's relentless. I, I like that. Have you noticed that you probably were aware on the set, even like this is part of like the shared JC Chandor cinematic universe? That there are like references to the oil company from the most violent year. I know that was. I gotta say that was me. I was like, come on, can I, can I wear the standard I hat? And then he started thinking. He's like, yeah, maybe. And then he's like, it's too much. But Pedro can wear it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so going back, since the luxury of this kind of conversation is we, we can go back a little bit. So, um, born in Guatemala, raised in Miami. I'm curious, like, you know, your dad, a doctor, sister, I believe, a scientist, mm-hmm. right? So, like, who in the family or friends or family was the biggest influence on you in terms of the arts growing up? Who introduced well, my you to gr- films? My grandmother, my mom's mom, was a singer in Guatemala, and she had records and, mm-hmm. and everything. But she gave all that up to have kids and to, you know, do what she was expected to do at that time in that place. Sure. Uh, my mom would tell horror stories of like her and her sisters, like just like finding their her records and like just destroying them and like playing with them oh, and wow. breaking them and scratching. <laughs> and she just was like, "It's fine." So I'm just like, "How? Oh, my God! How could we not have that?" Uh, but really, it's my father. My father uh, was a musician as well. Uh, he was, you know, always playing guitar. He was in bands. He would record music and write music all the time. 
he was a stereophile. And so it was like constant new component stereo pieces coming into the house. Suddenly we'd be like, what the hell is that? It's like, that's a speaker. We're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) There there goes your toys. We don't have room for that anymore. Yeah, exactly. So he was really into that for a long time. I'm I'm afraid to say that I have inherited this quality (laughs) lately. That's what I did with my first few paychecks is uh, keep... uh, Gotta gotta get the AV equipment up to stuff. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What are the cables? I gotta get the latest cables. (laughs) Um, If we uh, run this over here, I can full surround sound. Exactly. Um, And 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 then he also would make movies with his brothers. Uh, He had like a, a Super 8. And uh, he would like make movies with his brothers and then we got a video camera. And so I, we would make movies together. And then I started taking my dad's video camera and making movies with my friends. And and so that really was it. And and both my mother and father never once were like, you need to do this or you should pay more attention to that. They just were like, you know, yeah, you just read some encouragements and freedom. Yeah. Um, so you like, like, like me, a a child of the eighties, um, bigger influence, Pacino or Van Damme growing up? Equal. <laughs> really? Yeah, Van Damme, I gotta say, was first love. Of course. Yeah, first love. That I could mean, have been one of his films. I first rem- love. I remember, <laughs> I remember. Double uh, love. It would have been <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's peak Van Damme for you. I remember, I remember really get, getting close and trying often to do the straddle. Uh, I had to do it with like a pole, so it was kind of like a pole dance, really. But I, I really was intent. Yeah. On for those that can't see Oscar right now, he's actually doing the splits on my like, desk. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> oh god, that's pretty oh. good. <laughs> oh, I can't get up. I can't get up. Here, let me help you. <sighs> okay, he's back. What's that smell? <laughs> Something came out. Oh, um, <laughs> so, uh, what were we saying? Peak Van Damme. Um, Double impact, blood sport, blood sport. I think Bloodsport, Cyborg is always going to really, <laughs> it always is going to have a special place. But say Bloodsport, blood sport, Cyborg, and the Kickboxer, yeah. like those, kind of those three were. I do like, I peak. kind of like late, not, I mean, late by that era standards. I, like, I always like Time Cop. I feel like Time Cop's an actual decent movie. Yeah. As a decent director, Peter Hyams is an actually decent filmmaker. I know, I know. I started, it started, I started, I think at that point, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out and I kind of became more. <laughs> More of that kind of guy. Right. Sam Rockwell in Teenage Mutant Ninja I know. I know. Fun fact. <laughs> I know. Um, so, okay, is so this... Is this... <laughs> some things haven't changed. It's still, still pure what Rockwell. It? Winston's or... Oh, I forget what it's like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, okay. So when do you... When do the, the filmmaking tastes kind of mature? When do you kind of go for, to the Dog Day Afternoons, the Lumets, the... the, uh, the Dog day. Well, see, my dad would always bring, like, I remember it was so exciting because every Friday night he'd come home with, like, a new brown case from the video store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a Betamax. And that's like, it was like Karate Kid, Never Ending Story. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> then it was like Deer Hunter. And, <laughs> right. He made a real quick jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really fast jump. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that kind of that kind of started, I'd say, like, 11, 12. Okay. You know, yeah, dad. It's that sweet spot of like seeing the movies that you're just a couple years too young to actually see that will impact slash scar you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first, I think the first one that really was like, oh my god, uh, you know, Legend was the one that kind of made me really get excited about acting because I realized that 
the same actor that was the devil was also the butler in Clue. <laughs> right. And that, that realization was like, it was staggering. Like it blew my little kid mind, you know. And later you wore the exact same prosthetics in X-Men Apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The exact same one. I mean, kind of. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It was wild. It was wild, man. I mean, I started like reading about how he'd have to be in this bath of like, yeah. of whatever it was to get all the glue off. It sounded awful, awful. <laughs> and um, indeed. From what I gather, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. Similarly traumatic. <laughs> it was brutal. But uh, anyway, so yeah, and then and then it was uh, the mission. I think oh. the mission became like my first like real serious, boring, like, favorite movie. But great music. No, it's, it's fantastic. Inu Morricone is that 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 um that soundtrack's incredible, and it's still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, you know? beautiful. Um, okay, so jumping ahead, and then and then Dog Day Afternoon, which it be it like took yeah that was I'd say like I was that was a little older I was like seventeen got it okay. and then that hit me and it just it's it has stayed as yeah. the perfect it's it just perfect, perfect in every way yeah it's it's on that short list yeah. okay so jumping ahead so you um, you're acting in high school before you get to Juilliard or you have to do a little bit Juilliard is not something that just happens out yeah. of nowhere yeah 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 I was acting uh, I was acting like fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade doing like school plays. And then uh, high school acting at, when, I, when I was a freshman, but then had a falling out with a drama teacher. And what, what, what's the big disagreement when you're? Uh, it, it was like I was, was like gonna, a philosophical. Like, yeah, I was gonna be. In a, I was gonna do a play, and then, and then, uh, and then I decided not to do it mm-hmm. for a, a number of reasons. And then I think she just got pissed off and thought, like, who are you? You can't just, like, pass, you know, after you said you do. You know, it's like people depend on you and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I was, you know, I was, you know, I was a big, a little bit of a punk kid and whatever. So I, like, I didn't want to do it. And, and then I kind of stopped, you know, like going to auditions and stopped getting cast. And like, and then that's when I went into more bands and I was like in the music. But me and my buddy Jay, who is now, has been my assistant forever. Like he comes to all the movies with me and, you know, beat me and him. Uh, made tons of movies, and we used to. There used to be like the video announcements. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had that too, like yeah. video announcements. Yeah, and uh, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I <I'm>, didn't <laughs> keep me in the basement the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and we would make, we would do the uh, uh, the commercials or like the coming attractions for mm-hmm. the school play. Nice. And uh, oftentimes they had nothing to do with the play, and they were like. <laughs> Weirdly violent, and oftentimes they were like, "We're not playing this on the announcements." <laughs> You've got someone being beaten in a closet. <laughs> I don't know what you're going for. Congratulations on exploring whatever it is yeah, you're exploring. Yeah. Not for the rest of the school. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, tons of movies there, yeah. and then and then I started auditioning uh, in Miami as got well it. for like actual pro stuff. Is that is that when you got the uh, the coveted role of Detective Fartman? Yeah, that was shortly before Juilliard. Uh, yeah, before even that, I, I had a I had a Featured extra part in The Crew. Oh, I don't remember The Crew. Burt Reynolds, Richard Dreyfuss. I, this has slipped by me. Uh, I apologize. Seymour Cassell. Nice cast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who else? Logia? No. Was it Logia in it? I can't Look remember. Look at you just glossing right by Detective Fartman. Interesting. <laughs> and going to the Robert No, I was, I was on my way to Fartman. <laughs> That's where... <laughs> you know, have you scrubbed set. the internet? Because I cannot find any video from that, that film. Really? Lenny the Wonder Dog? Lenny the Wonder Dog. Nothing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, my, I remember and I was in college and my, my roommate brought it home <laughs> to watch, <laughs> much to my horror. I was damn good at it. <laughs> well, I mean, the secret yeah. weapon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so Juilliard, I've talked to many actors about Juilliard, infamously uh, a, a tough road for many people. They kind of break you down. It's kind of just part of how it is. Mm-hmm. So who was your crew? Chastain was part of the, Je- the yeah, group? Yeah, she was, she was uh, in her third year when I was in my first year when I first came in. Was she obviously, like, had the goods? Was she, like, yeah, somebody yeah, people of that? course, of course. I mean, like, apart from being, like, staggeringly, you know, just, like, luminescent. Yep. Uh, yeah, she was incredible. Everybody, everybody knew it. Yeah. Uh, who else? Was, it was, is Mackie? Uh, no, Mackie. No? Mackie had graduated already. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's. Well, he it's, was still, you could still hear his screams. Though, yeah, from yeah, across yeah, the- for sure, for sure. But no, in my class, you know, there was great, great people. Rutina Wesley okay. and oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, She's yeah, on True Blood, right? yeah, 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 Jessica Collins and uh, no, I mean, there was there was uh, it was it was it was really intense, but. Beautiful for me. I I really really loved it, and I think because I got there and I was a little older, a lot of the, the um, you know like the psychological games and those kind of things, they were able to roll off my back. Uh, yes. kind of easily. You had already been beaten down a little bit by life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, life had already stripped away all of that. You know, innocence. idealism. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and idealism. So I, I I was able to kind of take that stuff uh, with a grain of salt. Uh, so coming out of Juilliard, I know. I mean, it seems like you did a bunch of plays. I, I noticed one. I noticed one really early review. This is Two Gentlemen of Verona from Variety. Mm. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember. Just I'll say this. Yeah, I remember. I was like, I'm not reading reviews to my family. I was like, I don't want to hear the reviews. I don't want to know the reviews. And my uncle, I remember, called me the next morning. He's like, Hey, I was like, Hey, I just, I know you're not reading <laughs> reviews. I just want to say, I looked up the word impish, and it's not that bad. <laughs> this, this one doesn't cite impish. It's but it's got a little bit of everything. And in then here. and then before that, yeah. before that, the last one was like I was walking out. Uh, I was walking after a, uh, one of the shows, and one of the ushers came up, and he's like, "Hey, uh, we watch your. St- we you know all of us, all the ushers are working here. We really love what you're doing. It's so good, and we all kind of sit down and, and watch it every night." I was like, "Oh wow, thank you." He's like, "Yeah, man, don't listen to what the yeah, village the voice says." <laughs> it's like Come I don't on. care what everybody's saying. <laughs> We like it. Yeah. yeah, Variety said, recent Juilliard grad Isaac is suitably sliced, the opportunistic and morally protean Proteus, but his vocals could be stronger, and he plays the double-crossing cad a touch too fey. Touch too fey. Wow. That would not fly nope. in the in current climate. No. You know? <laughs> Just fey enough, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more fey. <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I, you know we don't have the kind of time to talk about everything, but in the years before Lewin Davis, you're working with some amazing filmmakers. I mean, you work with Ridley Scott a couple times. Speaking of legend, uh, Catherine Hardwick. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ridley gave me my, my first big, big shot. So yeah, I was going to say, which of those films felt like, oh shit, like uh, uh, this is a big transition? Is it Body of Lies I, or Robin Hood? Which one are you talking about? I know. I mean, Body of Lies came first, but no, it was Robin it was Hood. Robin Hood because. Yeah. Because of the role, because yeah. it was King John, because yeah. it wasn't, you know, the... The sixth. Yeah, the sixth the ethnic boarding, guy in the cast. You know, it was like, it just, with the amount of trust that he had in me as someone that... I wasn't, I wasn't English, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, that, that, he, that we did Body of Lies, and from that, he could see me as King John was just like, I, cu- I couldn't believe it. It was so incredible, and really have so much, so much affection for him. Yeah. What's uh? You're one of the few actors that's had the privilege of being directed by Madonna. Yes. What was that like? What's she like as a filmmaker? She was she was on it, man. She was incredible. I remember I remember there was this one scene we were doing at uh, Sotheby's because in the, in the auction house, and she lined up all the extras. I mean, there were like you know seventy, eighty people, and she would just go, go down the line every, to, with every single one and be like, no. Yes, this one, but we need to change this part of their costume. This, you know, it was it was incredibly amount of detail. Also, I was like, 
people weren't, we're not going to see all those people. It's like, right. aren't there other things that we should, you know, but, right. <laughs> but it was just like her attention to detail yeah. was astounding and to have the energy to do that. She was so energetic and, and really fun. And I, I felt like, I don't know, I was really rooting for her the whole time yeah. because it's just, just by the nature of who she is, there was already so much sure. shit to have to get through. You know, right. it's like anybody else that was directing the same movie or made the exact same choices, you know, it's like, would, would obviously would be looked at so differently. Yeah. So. So, so in, the, in, in that period of time, again, you're working with some really talented filmmakers, obviously. You're more than a jobbing actor. Like, things are going really well. Before Lewin Davis, what, was there, like, a moment where it felt like it was about to shift in a big way? Or, or was Lewin the first kind of real opportunity in that, in that way to raise your profile, you felt? Lewin was the first one. Yeah. No, there, there wasn't... I mean, if there was, I wasn't aware of it or mm-hmm. couldn't feel it at all. I mean, I was... I remember auditioning for it and then just like screaming to the heavens give me this please yeah. please give me this one give it to me <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i tried so hard <laughs> on that one i did everything that i possibly could and uh yeah luckily luckily that worked out but yeah that that changed everything it, it's an amazing film it's i mean like uh, they're pound for pound my favorite filmmakers virtually working today in the last 30 years um and that's what they're better ones so that's pretty good um but I mean, one one thing I love is that like, also flew under the radar to a certain extent it did. as well. Yeah, it did. It yeah. did. And frankly, for me too, even like I feel like I like many of their films. I've appreciated it more the more times I've seen mm-hmm. it. Um, but what I love about them too is like some of their best films. Like they can and are more than willing to like cast someone that is a kind of a relative unknown. You think yeah. of like a serious man, another one of my favorite films. Right, right. Michael Stuhlbarg Stuhlbarg and Tim is, Blake Nelson and yeah. their films. Like they can get away with that because yeah. it's it's sold as a Coen Brothers movie and they do it on a budget and it, it just all works. Exactly. Um, and it's part of the reason why I think some of those stories can work so incredibly well. I mean, Josh Brolin, you know, yeah. had done a lot of stuff, yeah, but, but really that was like so massive, you know, and and I think that's what's also so beautiful about them. They're real folk artists. Yeah. American what, folk artists. What's, what's the biggest difference now having worked on many different kind of film sets from a Coen Brothers set versus others, would you say? I think just how chill it is. Yeah. It's just, it was so... And I, I think even for them, it had a particular chill to it. You know, it, we were just... It, there was a gentleness to the way everything was happening. There was a cohesiveness. There was fun. You know, there was... A, it, it was about... You know, it... it, it in between takes, you know, we were just talking about all sorts of different things. It was like a crash course in aesthetics. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Joel would just talk to me about like... You know, sculptors to go check out and this thing to, and, and not in a highbrow way just like as a, as a bud you know as a, as a as a friend just saying like I think you might find this interesting yeah. you know uh, so that for me was just uh, really really incredible and shooting in New York and shooting in those uh, those incredibly kind of curated environments yeah. the production design that I don't know there was and, and, and there was just no bullshit you know like they wouldn't and I remember it was difficult at first but they, there's never, there wasn't like lots of compliments, you know? Right. There wasn't lots of like, how was that? That was good. Let's try another. There wasn't All the a, BS that usually goes on yeah. a set of like, like got to pump each other up. And yeah, there was none, there was none of that. And you'd think for me, it's like my first, it was really, it was my first lead role. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that it'd be like, uh, so more, less, how, you know, and I just could already tell from the get go, I was like, that's going to be a waste of time. Right. So it felt like we were, everybody was just kind of like throwing in their stuff and we were all trying to build this thing together and... And uh, and that was it. And there wasn't really time to like worry about our feelings and right. you know, confidence building and all those things. Again, all the BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny how quickly then you regress <laughs> when you're not in that environment. You know, <laughs> was it good? Was it good? Was it good? Was it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so okay, so in, in post Lewin Davis, again, a bunch of great opportunities come around. You work with Alex Garland a few times. Yeah. Um, and in another, the midst- another guy who's that, that, that feeling is very similar as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, uh, yeah, I've interviewed him a few times. Also, I would say no BS with him. Yeah. He's just uh, all business yeah, cuts in the best to the way. Um, the Star Wars opportunity comes up. Uh, at what point in that process? did it shift from the Janet Lee psycho thing where like, we think we've got our hero Poe Dameron and then we're going to kill him off halfway through mm. into we're going to keep you around. Like, w- was there a script that you read where like you, you bought it or Poe died? I, I, I read Poe's scenes on JJ's iPhone in a cafe in Paris at like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Just like pure mission impossible. Yeah. Just like <laughs> That's the absolute truth too. Like I went for the meeting. They kind of told me the story and then told me that he dies spectacularly and not even, not even halfway through. It's like the very, that's kind of sets up the whole movie. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, okay. And they could see that I was a little bit disappointed by, by that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and then, but then he comes back. Then yeah, you find out. Yeah. Well then, the, the, but he didn't come back. And so, and then, you know, JJ was like, well, do you want to meet up a little later? And that's when we met up in this cafe. And I remember just like sitting across from him, just reading on his iPhone. It was so surreal. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to think about it. And he's like, people are going to write novels about this character. I'm tr- trust me, it's going to, people are going to, you know, which is true, they have yes. <laughs> comic books and stuff. And, but this was even back then before he was going to kind of. There con- will be a streaming continue. service one day and a spinoff series. <laughs> Forecast it all. It's true. He forecasted <laughs> it all. And, uh, and then I remember I went back home and I was like, what am I talking? Of course I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter. And so I called him to be like, hey, I, I want to do this. And he said, okay, also, he's going to live through the whole thing. We've changed it. It's, it's going to be awesome. I was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. He's like, stay, stay tuned. And then, it was, and then I got, then I got um, hey, do you have any um, pictures of you looking young and heroic? And I was like, yeah, I think I could find something. And then I said, he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Perfect. And it's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And it's like, uh, so you're going to have to come out and audition. Oh, <laughs> I remember, I was like, oh, damn. He's like, well, Kaz, now I, now I live. Now they're like, okay, so now there's someone that we're going to have to deal with for right. a few movies. So now we have to make sure that it's not, you know. And, uh, and then I remember being like, huh. And then my buddy, Jay, he was like, hey, if you want the job, sometimes you got to fill out the application. <laughs> <laughs> you, got your, you got your own Lebowski in your like, life. That's like, <laughs> uh, like, you're right, Jay. And so I flew out there and I, I met, uh, met John is the first person I met. And yeah. like, he came back in the dressing room and he and I just like went over this, went over the scene together, like back to back doing it. And immediately just kind of fell in love with each other and then went out there, did the audition, stood next to John, stood next to Daisy. And then JJ literally came over and was like, I don't know why we did this. This is, I mean, of course you've got this part, you've got the part, you know? And then like within a couple hours, I found out that I had the part. Classic. So yeah, it was, was, (laughs) but it's funny. It just shows you how it, you know, how Um, it goes. What did you make? I've talked to a bunch of people, including your buddy Donald was, has been in here a few times about, I mean, I loved Last Jedi. I truly did. I'm Mm. such a big defender of that one. And I know for whatever reason, there's been a lot of debate about the humor and other things, but with respect to your character, there's like the, like the, the think pieces of like Poe represents toxic masculinity Mm. and mansplaining Mm -hmm, in Last mm -hmm, Jedi. mm -hmm. Did that surprise you? And what do you, what do you, what's your take on that kind of interpretation? No, at this point it doesn't surprise me. Just knowing the kind of you know, yep. culture that we live in and, yep. uh, the, uh, the platform for everyone showing their buttholes. I mean, their opinions. <laughs> you, you, know? you just said something else. I think. Sorry, no. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, it is, uh, yeah, it's that kind of thing where, uh, where it's what you want. I think you want 
uh, the conversation to go on and yeah. on and on and on. And in a way, if everybody agrees on everything, then there's not going to be much of a conversation, I don't think. And right. so I think that uh, for me, like w that you can extrapolate very important things about that are happening now in our culture that should be talked about yeah. from maybe your disgust at something in a movie or your, you know, you're wanting to defend a film. I mean, I think that's the idea. Yeah. You know, so I, I had no problem with that. You get, you get the script for episode nine, which you've now wrapped. Do you go straight to the Poe parts, the Poe lines? Are you thumbing through it? Like, what's my part in this? Or do you read through the whole thing? No, I read through the, the, the first, first time through, I read through the whole thing because also you, you need to know the context of like sure. how, like when's Poe getting shown? Like what's the buildup? When yeah. is he not? You know, what, that, that kind of thing. And then I count all the lines. <laughs> For the record, 82. <laughs> Respectable. <laughs> no. Uh, no, so yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I was very psyched when I read it. Um, yeah, I mean, as a fan, you've talked about this before. I mean, this star, you're, you're obviously, you grew up a Star Wars fan. This is a meaningful franchise for you. Um, this is one of the things, like the end of Game of Thrones and the mm. end of all these things, Sopranos, where it's like, can it, can it possibly live up to our expectation of the end yeah. of this nine-part saga? Yeah. It, it did for you the the experience of reading it. The experience of reading it definitely did, uh, and and the experience of doing it. You know, the, yeah, it's amazing how adaptable we are. Because like any any like the most crazy scenarios and situations can feel routine after a while. So right. even like <laughs> gotta Hulk get on again. the freaking X-wing again. <laughs> you know, here we go. Gotta squeeze myself into this freaking falcon falcon chair. It's like why do they they clearly do not make it for no, ethnic not hips. <laughs> not ergonomic in any yeah. way. Harrison Ford did not have a butt because this is not working for me. Uh, so it's like yeah everything, you know, you just start to kind of mm -hmm. yeah, everything starts to feel like old hat and and the fact that towards the end of shooting, I mean, I, I and when we were saying goodbye, it's very emotional for yeah. me. To, you know, it was such a huge chapter of my life, even just six years or whatever that was. Just was it was a lot, and the yeah. intensity of it, and the, you know, I mean, it's like the biggest films ever. <laughs> and so that you know, like being being in the mix of that, in the midst of all that, was was a lot. And so it it was, and and to have JJ come back, and the energy of 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 the set and the energy of the whole thing was so distinct from the other ones in a, in a great, great way. I, I know I'm not going to try and dig for anything like real, but I do know like they, they showed some like footage to like, I think shareholders or something. My sense is that we actually get to see you and Daisy interact. I mean, we obviously got a snippet of it mm. in the last one. Mm. Um, does that keep it fresh and interesting? You're getting to interact finally with. Yeah. I think the Daisy idea that, well, you know, we were, uh, we were apart in the well obviously in the first one I didn't we never really meet I guess until the very end and then and in the in the second one we were all in our own adventures right and in this one it's great because because we get to get to have some stuff together yeah amazing um another thing you can't really talk about because you haven't even shot yet but let's return to dune for a second just because I'm 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 massively interested in this just both on the dune level and the Denis Villeneuve level who's obviously yeah. like as yeah. talented as we've got right now um I don't know. What can you say about this one? Like, I mean, I, uh, in terms of working with this cast, I love Chalamet, Rebecca mm -hmm. Ferguson, Batista, and Brolin. Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem. Yeah. So that's pretty good. So what's uh, what's going to separate it? You think from the Lynch interpretation? What would you? I mean, when I talked to Timothy, he said said it's surprisingly grounded. Yeah. Um, it's uh, there, there's, uh, it's not. 
It's, it's, a, it's a dangerous word. It's simple, but it's not that it's simple. It's just been, it's been, it's focused. Mm. You know, there's a real focus to the thing. Right. Because it, it can spiral into, I mean. There's a lot there. As much as I want to see Jodorowsky's movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one day. But, uh, but yeah, because it just, it's, it's inspired so many things, you know. I mean, it's, you read the book and you're like, wow, I've, I've seen a lot of this stuff. And you realize it's because everything pilfered from this incredible, incredible novel, um, series of novels. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get into specifics about what happens because I think it's going to be very exciting for people to see and not really know the yeah. approach. Wow, that's, that's got, big small. So <laughs> we, the saga of Oscar's coffee has come to an end. We got you some caffeine. <laughs> that's not a flat white. <laughs> he's, he's about to throw it. it in my face, guys. <laughs> I really have the urge to dunk the mic into the coffee. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. Home stretch. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm watching a man unravel before my eyes. <laughs> Yes, Dune. It's really fun, and I'm really excited. Always have a flat white ready for Oscar Isaac in the future. <laughs> it's new. This f- whole flat white thing. It's like the English. Is it new for you, or just a new? No, drink? no. In the in the United States, right? Like even the fact that they're like, "What size flat white you have?" You're like, "Idiots." <laughs> what size? You spent a lot of time in England, clearly. A whole lot of time. A lot of time. <laughs> the Brooklyn in has gone way out of. Um, yes, I, I don't know. I don't, I actually, I don't want to say no, really much of anything. I just want to say good. that it's like it's got Denny's aesthetics, his sensibility. It's uh, the the visuals just from like the the, the lookbooks that I've seen are astounding. Um, so beautiful, and the story I think is one that that takes uh, takes so much of the novel and focuses it into something that's just incredibly impactful. Right. I mean, I, I, not to put words in your mouth, but from what my conversation with Denis and others is, it sounds like it's it's not the whole book. It's like I think at least half the book or something like that. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that 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 it'll it'll hopefully spawn more entertainment, <laughs> more, more content in 2020 and beyond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I couldn't be more excited. Um, permanently scarred by the X-Men apocalypse experience? Will you ever do another comic book movie again? No, no. I, it makes it seem... I was talking about that specific, specific element of it. But, uh, but, um, but there no. were good aspects, but it was the makeup stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, the makeup was, was incredibly challenging and, and way, way more than I had anticipated it was now, going to be. Did they lie to, to you or did you just not listen? No, I think I saw, <laughs> I, I saw the drawings of the thing and it looked great. And I met the guys and the, the guys are incredible uh, that, that, that did the, the, the makeup. Brian and Alexi, they, they, I was with them every day, and uh, and and that was a you know a really interesting collaboration with these guys because it was so much of like it was just us all the time and they were like yeah. my pit crew, <laughs> and but uh, and then like working with those guys and me loving the character of Apocalypse and and for better or worse, trying to imbue it with what I thought was fascinating when I would read the comic books about Apocalypse because growing up. Uh, evangelical and yes, the zealotry and and and, and, yeah. uh, and my sister and I were just talking today about like we had there, there was like charts in our house of like end of times like this is when the beast will come what? this is when this will happen yeah you know <laughs> and so she went into climate change and she's like I went to science because it was like rooted in reality and she's like and now it's the end of the world oh. that I'm dealing with and so uh, so so like the end of times was like it's like definitely imprinted on us so for me I was very interested in. And what apocalypse represents, you know, uh, 
making it more than just like at the time it was a cool, scary name, but actually connecting it to, you know, all right, it's, it's the revelation. An apocalypse doesn't mean destruction. It actually means like re- the, the pulling back the curtain to reveal things. Yes. And so the revealing of stuff and then him getting his horsemen and the, you know, the plagues and that whole thing. You know, I was really interested in those elements and seeing if there was a way to kind of imbue imbue the character and the tone with a bit of the feeling that I get when I think about revelations, you know? So, so that's, those parts were exciting. Yeah. But the, the practical effects aspect was just way more than I could have anticipated. And, uh, you know, I think we probably could have gotten a lot of mileage if we went for the good old ones and zeros. (laughs) (laughs) How much do you resent that your old buddy Chastain's doing an X-Men movie and apparently just threw on a wig? I know. I was like, what the crap, man? (laughs) She learned. She learned from, I paved the way. I died for for our sins. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of comic movies, people have mentioned fan casted you as Batman. What do you think? That was cool to see. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a bad character to be associated with. Yep. Matt Reeves is a pretty amazingly talented director. Haven't gotten the call. <laughs> Have not as much as the fans have tried. Okay. <laughs> no dice. <laughs> um, that being said, you are trying to um, manifest secret into the universe, apparently video game movies, Metal Gear Solid. Is that something, that, is that one of those things where you say something like on an interview and now like You've heard from people? Yeah, I don't even know what Metal Gear Solid is. I was just talking shit. That's not true. I have no idea what these people are talking You're about. You're lying. I just didn't uh, you say the actual character name? Jay told me. Jay mentioned it right before, and I and I just said it. You're too good an actor. I don't know if I don't to believe play you or these not. Games. I'm a I'm a grown ass man. Okay, I definitely don't believe you. I, I really like Metal Gear Solid a lot. <laughs> uh, I've played I played the last one so much, so much. It was a Phantom Thread, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're beyond me now. I'm uh, not saying something. Anyway, uh, no, I, 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 I do love that game. And uh, yeah, okay. you know, I mean, it, it, look, it's an insane story. The story is crazy. I don't honestly know much of anything. It actually gives me a similar feeling of reading the Book of Revelations. <laughs> it is. It's like so, it's so wild. And like, uh, you know, what Hideo Kojima does, the, the, the myth around the whole thing is just, it's, you know, I mean, it's, Lynchian, it, it is really? like I could see it as like a David Lynchian type weird action bizarro thing. Obviously, like how you condense all of that wild imagery uh, with this kind of special ops thing and into a s- screenplay of two hours. I don't know. I don't know that that would be a her- Herculean feat. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think the right guy is at the helm. I've heard him talk about video games, Jordan, and yeah. yeah, Jordan seems really. Uh, like a, the, the right guy to, to try to do, to do that. I really liked Kong. I really liked what he did with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, I'll be curious to see if it can, it can, it can make the, it can withstand the, uh, right. the transfer. Right, right, right. So, um, or inspire, at least inspire something that gives you the feeling of what it feels like to play the game. Gotcha. You know? The so, isolation of it to a certain extent and the, and just the weird creepiness of it. You, um, so you've had a little time off, which is a nice luxury. Um, you're going to start to, I hear you're going to be at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration. Maybe? Maybe. Okay. Potentially. Okay, I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. I don't know. In theory. In theory, I'll see you there. Um, and uh, you've got Dune coming up. I mean, are you going to start, are you interested in producing more? I know you did that for Operation Finale. I am. Is I am actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the brink of of uh, starting my company and uh, nice. definitely got a lot of things, you know, a lot of ideas 
that are percolating and through the years have made some good friendships with people and, mm. and uh, it's just nice to be able to talk with other people about making stuff and it's not always about waiting and hoping that right. you know that perfect thing lands in your lap I'm gonna stick it out here in New York I hope yeah 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 no we're here we just moved down to Borm Hill lovely mm-hmm. so uh, did you ever you never moved to LA you never had to no no I was I was there like Two months, I think it was, uh, when I first finished school. Yeah. We were out there for, for pirate season. and uh, <laughs> Pirate or pilot? Pirate same season. Different, different. <laughs> uh, I stole that from Betty Gilpin, by the way. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, she always calls it pirate season. It made me laugh so it. much. Oh, yeah, she talked a bit about that here, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amazing, amazing, and uh, we haven't even talked much about, uh, and I'll let you go in a second. But like the music side of things, which is obviously a huge part of your life too. I know you were just singing some some Lewin Davis songs the other night. I love that that's still part of your I repertoire. Did yeah, it was an American Songbook. Uh, they they invited me to come over to, to Lincoln Center. Uh, it was a Time Warner building actually, and an incredible space. Yeah. And I did a like an hour and a half set. That's so cool. Of it was mostly originals, and then I did a few of the Lewin Davis songs and, and a couple other ones. I love it. Yeah, it was so, just amazing. Is there a conscious effort to keep those? Things separate at this point or are you open to kind of exploring in film again like a, a movie musical or, or that kind of thing or does it feel right to kind of keep them separate in a way as pursuits no I'm, I'm not intentionally keeping it separate I mean obviously making my own music and performing it that's just a different thing uh, than to like doing it in a movie right. you know uh, that's it has to be about like the story and that whole thing actually just like writing you know playing my songs and working on that and getting a band together and performing them for people yeah. is a very different thing anyway right but I'm open, definitely open to uh, to seeing it. I mean, people seem to be into that. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're really opening up the career today. Yeah. More, more musical opportunities. <laughs> You've become Batman. You're solid, you're solid Snake. There's so much going on thanks to me. You're welcome, Thank Oscar. Thank you, man. I can't wait for the Solid Snake musical. <laughs> if only I could get you a fucking flat light. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Oscar, you're always welcome here. Now that I know that you're spending time here, next step, this is part of the evolution of the Josh Horowitz experience. We're going to have to do something comedic soon. Your buddies have all done it. Donald's done it. Chastain's done it. What do you mean something comedic? My After Hours series in Comedy Central. You're so ignorant. I make brilliant comedy, Oscar, and you are going to be a part of it. Great. <laughs> oh, fuck. Suddenly you turned into a really bad actor. <laughs> Wait, he's leaving. Uh, it's good to see yeah, you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, bud. Really good to see you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 